This is Taco Tuesday. I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Rigler. All right, Alex. We are in the midst of a Lakers eight-game winning streak. I know you just got back from Seattle. I was out of town as well, but we're all caught up. We're ready to roll. First of all, let me start off by asking you a question. Did you see any LeBron or Laker like apparel while you were in Seattle? I saw. You know, I saw one Laker-related uh, apparel, and it was a like a 1990s Kobe jersey. But besides that, uh-huh. uh, I saw a lot of supersonic stuff, which uh, I was a little surprised that they would still kind of sell around in their like tourist shops and stuff. But I was really tempted to get one of those like old Gary Payton jersey shirts. Oh yeah, but, uh, those were sick. Yeah, but I couldn't find one. They're all kind of bootleg looking. So, but besides that, surprisingly, not a lot of Laker fans in Seattle. Always curious to see if like a team, a city, where their team leaves them which is very rare i mean we've seen it a couple times Mm -hmm. in the nba but i live in san diego i know what it's about when a team leaves your city so just (laughs) kind of curious i know the sonics was a long time ago well not that 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 long ago but it it's always just curious to see like if you're gonna if the city kind of just changes picks a different team or if it's just like the smorgasbord which was la for the last couple years before they got two nfl teams just kind of curious to see if you saw any laker fans out there no and i i was kind of pointing it out to my girlfriend like they're like the metro buses out there are green and yellow i'm not sure if it was like an homage to the sonics or not but um it was kind of cool just to see that that still kind of be represented there and it kind of is kind of like a cruel reminder that that team is gone now because that was such a cool i thought it was a really cool team really cool jersey scheme and it was always a really tough place to play and i, I really liked those teams back then yeah, they were so great to watch, especially those like matchups versus the Bulls and Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. Those mm-hmm. were the days back then. Uh, just curious, wanted to start off with that. But uh, I'm Alex Padilla at Alex Padilla eighty six, Alex Regla at Alex M Regla on Twitter. Um, normally, you can k- read his uh, work on SilverScreenRoll.com every Monday, but like you said, had a little vacation up to the Pacific Northwest. So, when are you writing next for SilverScreenRoll.com? I should have something up by. Possibly tomorrow, They're, uh, Thanksgiving, the very latest. But I have to figure mm-hmm. out what I'm writing. So. so maybe by the time that you listen to this on Wednesday, even though we're called Taco Tuesday, it might be out. Maybe. Mm-hmm. So just check it out, silverscreenandroll.com. All right. But like I said, Alex, the Lakers are on an eight-game win streak. They are also the holders of the best record in the NBA, which is just phenomenal. I mean mm-hmm. – they kept it kind of close this last weekend against some some bad teams. Um, you know, they played the Thunder on Friday. That was a close game. The Grizzlies on Saturday, also a close game. And then they kind of spread it out some against the Spurs. All three road games. And we both said, well, no, actually, I take that back. I'm not going to give myself credit. I said one and two. <laughs> yeah, I was going to hold you to that. Uh-huh. Yeah, you said two and one. We were both wrong. They went three and oh, which is a great, great thing for the Lakers. Um, but I wanted to talk about LeBron James to start off because obviously this offseason, when you talked about the Lakers, you talked about Anthony Davis, you talked about Kawhi Leonard, and it's almost like LeBron had like a back seat this summer with the headlines. Um, I know he was involved in recruiting, trying to get Kawhi, and they got AD pretty early on, but 
LeBron James has played so well, and it's not like his numbers are the biggest that he's had. Even in a Laker uniform, he had better numbers last year average-wise. It's just something about the way he's playing so far this year, whether it's on the defensive end and taking more priority over there or just being the guy that kind of gets everything rolling. I have loved the way LeBron has played so far this year, and I think obviously – this isn't like breaking news, but having Anthony Davis there with him now, instead of him, you know, basically being him and the baby Lakers last year, mm-hmm. he just looks rejuvenated and he looks, and obviously the results are there. Uh, what have you, what have you thought about the way LeBron has looked so far this year? Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's night and day compared to this season versus last year in terms of like his on court play, especially since like, from the opening game, he's been he's been there. His energy's been there. His defensive effort's been there, and that was something last year that it just was wasn't consistently there. And I think he's just looked like a leader this year. I think a lot a lot of time last year we kind of questioned if he was kind of floating out there, or, or was it really dedicated to it because of his roster beside him and that these young guys couldn't really help him get to where he wanted to go, but. I mean, I've, I have really no complaints when it comes to LeBron this year. I, th- I think his playmaking has been fantastic. Like, he leads the league in assists, in assist points, and assists in a ton of different categories. So, I think in ev- like on the court and off the court, I think he's been a great leader. And, like, even coming to the summer, we heard there's a lot of group chats between them and him setting up, like, a private training camp for them. And, I, I mean, he's the effort going into this year has been there. And I think it's a big reason why they've been so good so far. Um, LeBron has logged at least 10 assists in the during the eight-game win streak. That's the longest streak of his career, wow. and it's the longest streak by a Laker since Magic Johnson had 10 consecutive games in 1990-1991 season. So what we're seeing, it's been a long time since we've seen it in a Laker uniform. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the Lakers are on this win streak and LeBron is dishing the ball out to everybody else. But what that also means to me is there's actually guys on this team that can make <laughs> shots now. <laughs> like that's the biggest difference is, you know, maybe the percentages aren't up, but it just seems like every single game, there's a guy ready to take shots. Surprisingly, it's been KCP. We talked about it last week. Don't mm-hmm. need to get into it more. Danny Green's had days. Kuzma's has days. Um, it's really encouraging that LeBron is able to dish it out and he's getting rewarded with assists. And, and maybe this is because he trusts these guys more because they're converting these looks like Last year, he was passing. like He definitely would pass and defer to guys. But I think often, especially with those shooting numbers, how bad they were for the team last year, uh, I think this year with Danny Green, KCP, like you mentioned, he's more trustworthy to kind of dish it out when the double comes over, especially with AD there. He's just really like looking to defer when he has the chance, and he trusts these guys. And although they haven't kind of rewarded him a ton, like it's starting to turn around, and I think him passing it out in these situations is just going to continue. And I think that's going to really help when the playoffs come. These guys get put into spots where they're going to need to make open shots. And he's getting them these looks, and hopefully they can start knocking them down more consistently. It's only 17 games, but it's it's funny to look at the uh, three-point percentage. And I know Dudley doesn't play a lot, so I won't count him. But KCP is leading the team behind Dudley on three-point percentage this year followed by Rondo, who's only played a small amount as well, and then Danny Green. Um, it's it's just, you know, it's everything that the Lakers have wanted to happen with their offseason moves has happened so far. And a lot of 
you know, Laker haters or Clipper fans or whoever want to point to the fact that the Lakers have had a pretty easy schedule so far. It's all about the change in its head, turn on its head in December because the Lakers schedule seriously gets so difficult in December. But everything that the Lakers have wanted to work in the offseason has worked. Besides, you know, the, the injury to Kuzma, maybe like starting off the injury to Rondo. But it's it's been pretty much the way that this front office drew it up. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't really. There's not a lot to complain about. Like maybe in terms of like guys like Troy Daniels and Quinn Cook haven't really hit their threes yet and stuff like that. But besides, I mean, just to get Dwight Howard, like how how many people were upset about that move? And how much that has paid off. Like, we have to give some credit to Rob Plinkett. I know it's he's gotten a lot of backlash over the last few years with how he's kind of done things and how he's the moves he's made and the trades he's made. But I'm not sure how much of that was him or if it was Magic or if we ever really know who exactly made what move or who should get credit for what. But this is his first year, kind of as the guy. And I mean, I mean, the results are there. I mean, they're like 15 and two and first place in the West and. Even like taking a gamble on Dwight Howard worked out. Bringing back KCP, I mean, early on looked really bad, but the last five, six games has been like enormous for the Lakers. And so far, all these guys look like they fit really well together. And that definitely is something to Rob Plinka's credit that his vision so far is working out. Yeah. Since Avery Bradley's been out, KCP has not scored under double digits. That's crazy to me. So, I mean,. My apology is getting closer. I got like that's for sure. My apology to KCP is getting closer because I I trash talked him <laughs> so much that I feel like I owe him one, but not yet. KCP, keep it going, keep it going. Um, it's a funny thing though when you're trying to do when you do a weekly podcast about a team that is this good so far, it's kind of boring because the <laughs> topics are pretty much the same. Like it's it's how many times can we come in here and praise LeBron mm-hmm. and praise AD. And talk about Kuzma becoming the third guy and wanting Vogel to give Caruso more minutes. And should who should play, Rondo, Caruso, or Cook? You know, there's only so many storylines when you have such a, a good team, which is a great thing for the Lakers. And, you know, I, like you brought up Magic Johnson and Palinka in a different topic, but it, it just kind of clicked in my head. It's like, I don't think we have such a quiet season, even even with Magic Johnson around i i can't remember this quiet of a season and i don't i don't remember the last year like that it's been this quiet i remember remember we talked about going into the summer about how we were really hoping that things wouldn't be loud or we wouldn't get jason kidd news or i don't know the trade rumors would start up or ad leaving i mean we had like a two-day thing with ad and a chicago thing that just completely went away like i don't want to jinx it because it's the lakers and things always kind of come up but it's been like almost like a perfect start to the season in terms of on the court, off the court stuff. It's just been no controversy, controversy, no drama, no headlines, and it's kind of weird. Like as a Laker fan and someone who's watched the Lakers for a long time, it's like a bizarre, surreal experience. I'm not sure what to do with my hands in this yeah, situation. Exactly. It's really true, but I I really do give credit to the Palinka or whoever that you want to give credit to. But I'm saying the the veteran leadership of this team. It's such a stark contrast to what it was last year when you have LeBron, B.I. who never talks, doesn't really cause problems, but he did have a fight pretty early on in the in the, in the the season last year with Chris Paul. And then you always had Lonzo dropping mixtapes. You had Josh Hart doing podcasts. It was always like there was always noise 
even when they were doing well before LeBron got hurt. And I I mean, I don't want to always just blame Magic Johnson, but I feel like the less he just there's no one in the media, you know, like there's there's no one out there giving crazy interviews. Like the only thing that I saw on Twitter all last week concerning the Lakers is them going out to dinner at a Mexican restaurant in San Antonio and LeBron yelling Taco Tuesday Mm -hmm. to fans. Like it's been so refreshing. And I think LeBron's start, LeBron's health, and obviously the addition of Anthony Davis, everything has worked out so well. And LeBron is even saying, and he's kind of like giving the media members kind of a hard time for like not believing him. Because he literally, I'll just read the quote directly. He's like, every time I tell you guys that it's the best I've felt, you guys kind of get a, uh, all right, but I go out and I'm able to do what I do, but that's how I feel. So even LeBron is just like, he's dialed in and it's just working to perfection so far. Definitely. And I, of course, like winning obviously kind of makes those headlines go away and they've done a lot of that. And, but I mean, to the LeBron point, I think they built this roster completely in his image and he's got the shooters around him. He's got AD, this like perfect one-two punch between him and AD. He's got Chappelle, who's a lob target. He's got Dwight, who's a lob target. Like, this is the team he's kind of always done really well in. And I think that's why he's picking up all these assists and he's playing so well. I just think his body is just... that Having that summer off, I think, was just a huge thing for him. For a guy who's had to go to the finals every year and the playoffs every year and carry such a huge burden on him, that this is the first year where he's kind of gotten refreshed and has kind of had a a goal and some and like one approving a point like he's kind of been the the unanimous number one player in the league for the last I don't know over a decade but now that there's room you know there's talkings that Giannis is best player James Harden whoever I think he wants to prove a point and I think so far he's doing that not only are we having such an incredible record LeBron AD everybody doing well we're healthy at the moment besides Avery Bradley um I think a lot of Laker fans especially those of us on social media um, we're getting some actual Alex Caruso minutes. And that's another thing that like everybody wanted and clamored for. Not only are we getting minutes, Frank Vogel just did a, a interview where he said that Alex Caruso is one of the more valuable two-way players on the team. So he praised his defense. He's able to guard guys on the perimeter mm-hmm. and then his ball handling. And we've talked about it too. The Lakers inability to guard big swingmen like a Kawhi, like a Paul George. Do you think Caruso, even though he's he is only six foot four, but do you think he's able to guard guys like that consistently going forward? I'm not sure, because I, I think as good as Caruso has been, like he has his flaws defensively, like he can get back cut quite a bit. He's kind of focused a lot in that Phoenix game. Um I'm not sure. I mean he's definitely among like their guard options, like minus Saber Bradley and and others, he's definitely one one of the best defenders on the team, and I'm happy that he's getting this chance to show that because it's something that he's kind of done for the last few years in terms of defending and putting that effort in. And we always talk about how like he's really good, like has good size for his position. He's a good rebounder. He you know dies for loose balls and all that stuff. But that that's something I'm still nervous about in terms of guard like defending these bigger wings and. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they throw him on the, on a guy like Kawhi, maybe a few possessions to see if he can disrupt some of his momentum or something. But I don't know. I'm not sure if he's that if he's the go-to guy in that situation. What about you? The only uh, I don't know if he is. I'm not sure if his size really does match up when he goes up against someone that big, because as as 
big as Caruso seems because it's kind of unexpected, I still think that the Lakers are still going to struggle finding someone consistently to like, we don't have even Patrick Beverly small, but we don't have a Patrick Beverly type defender on this team. It's just not there. Um, or a Kawhi type defender. I keep comparing me to the Clippers just because they're so close to LA. But um, yeah, I still think it's going to be a struggle, but it is good to see Vogel trust Caruso to do those things. Because obviously, I mean, you're looking at Kuz, probably not going to happen. Avery Bradley, injured, has been injured the last couple of years. So your options are kind of limited in that role anyways. So maybe Vogel's getting forced into doing it, but it's still good to see him give him the opportunity to do so. Yeah, and I think when you, we talk about the Clippers and we do kind of make reference to them a lot, it's because that's their competition and we're the number one, you know, number number one seed in the West, and we have to kind of look across at the Clippers and compare this is this roster to theirs because it seems like going in, you know, as of today, it seems like the Lakers and Clippers are the you know the favorites to come out of the West. So it's I, I'm definitely watching a lot of Clippers games and watching. I like am too. A, a ton of they have so much size on the perimeter and so many different options out there and Paul George and Kawhi just look like beasts out there and you have Patrick Beverly do you you know watching the Lakers now and watching a few Clippers games like you mentioned how do you think those two will match up say like come Christmas that's what's crazy is that the uh their actual like roster is built so different because the roster mm-hmm. the, the Lakers are so big up front and the Clippers are so big in the perimeter that I don't know how they match up. I, I mean, it's really difficult to say. Obviously, we think Dwight and JaVel against, like, Harold will be a better matchup against Zubats. But then it, it really does – I mean, does it really come down to just, like, AD and, Le- and LeBron versus Paul George and Kawhi? Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it kind of is setting up that way almost. And I, I, I really – I thought about that as you were talking. I was like, man, I don't know how they match up because – Obviously, opening night and now they're t- the Clippers are a different team because Paul George is there now, um, and the Lakers I think have gotten better since that. They've kind of figured out their offense a little bit. So I don't know. I I, I guess that's my long winded answer is I don't know. But what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know either. I mean, it's it's tough to say at this point. I think you like you mentioned the both teams have kind of changed obviously from that first game, and I think Clippers are still trying to implement Paul George back into things and. Kawhi, like, you know, he's still off and on. He plays one day, doesn't play the other. So that's going to be a thing all season where we really don't get, like, a full grasp of how good the Clippers are. But like you mentioned, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny how opposite these teams are. One is really fully invested in, like, the perimeter and with wings, and the Lakers are just, like, 1990s basketball, which is a ton of front court guys and post-ups. And I, I, I think it comes down to who which team could guard the opposing stars better. And I think, obviously, if you have a guy like Kawhi and Paul George, either one, you would not feel comfortable guarding LeBron, but you can live with the results of that. I'm just nervous about if the Lakers can live with the results of LeBron or... Well, I'm sure AD on anyone, you can live with that. But like LeBron on Kawhi or LeBron on Paul George for a full 48-minute game, I'm not sure... If, if you feel comfortable with that, I think that's why we always come back to the Lakers need to find someone, if it's Iguodala, if it's anyone else, that can soak up those minutes against those kind of elite guys. Yeah. I mean, now that I'm like thinking about that matchup, is we just talked about how the Lakers struggle guarding those guys, and they have two of two the best of them. in the NBA. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, if you just look at it like that, then obviously the Clippers have the advantage, but then it's like, 
I mean, I know that that vi- that video went viral of Kawhi bodying LeBron in the finals when he was with the Spurs, but I mean, who's guarding AD if you're the Clippers? Mm-hmm. So it's 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 like a little bit of give and take. Like you're, LeBron's still a top three player in the NBA. Kawhi's a top three player in the NBA. AD and Paul, and Paul George, you know, like you know, pick your poison, and then it, it really comes down to. You know the bench, Kuzma, and 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 obviously the the Clippers have Lou Williams, and yeah, that's dicey. Whole, that yeah, that just a, what you just mentioned. The bench is what is a big issue, I think. In my like, besides Paul George and Kawhi, they have this baked in thing that works in Lou Williams and Montres Harrell. That is just a different component to this team. That's amazing in its in itself, and the Lakers are still looking for that. And, and I guess we have it in Dwight, who's like this huge energy big who can i mean i think mantras harrell versus dwight howard in a seven game series is gonna be a ton of fun yeah and as we literally as we're sitting here recording on a tuesday night on taco tuesday clippers have a 16 point lead over the dallas mavericks so i mean the clippers are just rolling right now but um that's not till christmas there is a (laughs) there is a massive game if you're listening on wednesday tonight i'll just say tonight pretend it's wednesday um it is the return of Anthony Davis to New Orleans. It is the first time the – are we going to just keep calling them Baby Lakers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess is, so. I don't know what else to call them. It is the first time the Baby Lakers play the Lakers since they've been traded for Anthony Davis. Obviously, no Zion Williamson, so that kind of takes a lot of pressure off the Lakers guarding him. But this is a big, big game just for these two organizations individually, maybe not, maybe not league-wide. It is a huge game, and I am so excited to watch this game. Um I don't know if I'm more excited because obviously I'll get my answer with Anthony Davis right away and the rest will take out during the game. But I I wrote this question down. Do you think Anthony Davis will get booed tonight? Yeah, I think he probably will. I think there was a report from Ramona Shelburne earlier that I guess someone within the Pelicans organization was a little concerned that, you know, what his reaction would be and stuff like that. But I mean, I understandably so, like he wanted out, but at the same time, he put in a lot of years there. He kind of was their only prominent player in that franchise for a really long time. And I don't know, like, I, I think he's going to get booed. And I'm, I, what I'm really curious about is how he plays, like how that affects him, because it could be like a very playoff type feel. And I want to see how he performs in a playoff type setting and with a lot of emotions on the line. You know, he's going to all perform well. Like against Chicago in his hometown, he kind of struggled that game, and he kind of forced the issue. I want to see if he's comes out a little more composed, or if he lets the the emotions get the best of him. This is the first time that I think Anthony Davis is going to be a villain in his career. Oh yeah, and it's going to be interesting that, like you said, the way he reacts to it. But I definitely think he's getting booed. Um, as honestly, when you force your way out of a team, like you should get booed. Like, that's just a natural reaction. Like, maybe the third, fourth time he comes around, then yeah. But if they do, like, this whole, like, video tribute to him, it would probably be awkward. But I definitely think he's getting booed. He already talked to Shams from The Athletic and said he called it, it's the game of the year for me. Wow. Uh, he says, just because I've never been through it, I never get nervous before a game, but I'll probably be nervous before that game. Um, so yeah, it's going to be really interesting to, to see the way Anthony Davis performs, uh, versus the Pelicans and knowing that he's already thinking about it and saying, yeah, I'm probably gonna be nervous. I mean, rightfully so Anthony Davis, like, yeah, they had, they made the playoffs with the Pelicans, but like no one's ever like looked at AD as like the villain. Like when, 
when LeBron was in Miami, he was the villain. He's lived with it before. Kawhi's kind of turned into a bit of a villain himself. Paul George has kind of bounced around and he's getting booed everywhere he goes to. It's <laughs> it's interesting to like to see the way a player reacts when they've never dealt with anything like that before. So there's no way we're, we know how he's going to do it because he doesn't know how he's going to react to it. And that's such an incredible thing to, to say about a superstar, this, the magnitude of Anthony Davis. But when you play in New Orleans for the Pelicans and you're not very good every year, like it's just natural. Like it, You're not going to get booed. You're not a villain. But now he is, at least tonight, and it's going to be really interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, I never really thought about that. Like like you said, like he never has had to face him like a crowd or a game where he's the villain. Like He was always this big fish in a small pond where – he was beloved in New Orleans. Everybody kind of cheered for him, and they saw him as this next great star of the league. And he then he goes and joins like this evil empire with the Lakers and how they're viewed in the sports world. And it's kind of very similar to like a guy like Alex Rodriguez with the the Yankees and oh, yeah. him having to kind of join this team and then his struggles on the field and striking out. And then eventually he kind of gets a hold of it, and they win a World Series and all that. But I think it's kind of interesting these transformations these players go through. And like you mentioned, a lot of this was his own doing. He asked for the trade. He wanted the spotlight. And this is the type of spotlight game that comes with being a Laker. So it's going to be interesting to see how he responds. Because these are the exact types of games that Laker fans look to these guys to have huge performances. Is this one of those games where we're taught, like, flip it around and think about Ingram Ball if he plays because he's questionable with an illness and Josh Hart? Is this a game where those three guys it's bigger for them and they show up, you know, like mm-hmm. they're, they're at home. They're just playing their old team. And, you know, Brandon Ingram's already said it's, it's no bad blood. It's just another game, but clearly there's gotta be some extra motivation for those three guys tomorrow. Like I could see all three of them having a big game. Yeah. This game feels a bit dicey. Like I, like you said, it I, does. I, yeah. Like, first of all, like new Orleans is a, a team who runs a ton. And that's been something that the Lakers have struggled against. Like Toronto really took advantage of that. And they just constantly ran the Lakers out every time they got a rebound. And I can see the New Orleans trying to follow that same formula. So I think, especially for a Lakers team who've kind of slipped defensively like the last week or two, like their defensive intensity hasn't been as good as it was early in the season. They have to make sure they get back in transition and stop these guys because we all know Lonzo loves to have these outlet passes, and Ingram is very dangerous, kind of grabbing and going. And I, uh, it's a game where I feel a little dicey about, especially if AD kind of lets the emotions get the best of them, and the Lakers take this for granted because they're gonna eventually run into a team in one of these trap games. And thankfully, it hasn't happened yet. Like you predicted, you thought they were gonna go one and two because they have to lose at some point. Like it's, it's gonna happen. They can't win every single eventually. game. Eventually, yeah. So this feels like one of those games where it could be a possibility. The Pelicans are 6-11, and 4-4 four and four at home. Um, yeah, they should win this game if you just look at the stats and all that. But I think you throw away the stats tomorrow. I mean tonight. You just get rid of them. This is, is going to be like a playoff atmosphere game, whether they're playoff team or not. And I think if the Lakers go out early, like you said, and just – establish what they're going to do early, then I think it'll be an easier game because the Lakers are better than the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. But if they let them stick around like the Lakers love to do, where they only <laughs> really turn it around in the second half, then who knows, man? I mean, Pelicans can go on a run. This, I mean, the Spurs went on a run yesterday, and then they ended up like coming back and winning. But 
Like we've seen the Lakers struggle in the first half this year. You know what this kind of feels like? It feels like the Lakers games against the Warriors the past few years where even though the Lakers were like suck and they're not good at all, they somehow beat the like this Warriors team every year because I don't know, the Warriors either overlook them or something or the Lakers just play up to the best possible version of themselves, but I can definitely see the Pelicans really treating this game as like a playoff game for them and some, something they want to prove. And I can see like a guy like Brandon Ingram really want to kind of make a statement. So yeah, they definitely have to make sure they come out ready and not let them hang around because you know that crowd's going to be crazy and they're going to want the Pelicans to win very badly. Brandon Ingram is averaging 26 points per game, seven rebounds, and I believe four assists. Yes, 26, seven, and four for Brandon Ingram so far this year. Uh, Lonzo, he's only played in 11 games, uh, and he's having a pretty down year. 11 points, four assists, five rebounds. Josh Hart, 12.6 rebounds and one assist per game. So, I mean, we always knew that the, the, the three guys were good, right? Like, I mean, we saw flashes of it for two years, three years, however many years they were with the Lakers. We saw that these guys were capable of being good NBA players, but... I mean, is there any sort of regret in you that you're like, oh, they made this trade? And I mean, it's a dumb question. Obviously, Lakers have the best record in the NBA, but is there any kind of any sort of like regret in in that trade? I mean, I've always kind of wished they would have kept something else, like if either be Josh, like even if it was a guy like Josh Hart or an extra draft pick or something like that. But at the end of the day, I think when a guy like Anthony Davis hits the market, it's one of the surest bets you can get in the league. You have to get a top five player who's you know at his prime, who's only 26. Those guys just don't become available very often. And the Lakers kind of pulled the trigger when they had to. And you know so far, it's worked out for them. And I think New Orleans got what they wanted. So I, I don't have regrets. I mean, this, like, it's easy to say now because how well they're playing. But I think this sets the Lakers up for post-LeBron. You have a guy who's a superstar in the making and guys who are going to want to come play with AD. Like if you didn't have AD, I'm not sure how many free agents would come sign with Brandon Ingram and Lonzo without a LeBron on the team, you know? So I think it's something the Lakers had to do not only for now, but for the future. So it's, I totally get why fans are upset that they can see a guy like Brandon Ingram and other guys playing well. And they kind of wish they would have kept them and not, but I think it's something that you have to do, you know, every single day. I have absolutely no regret, but I do have like some trepidation still because Anthony Davis could leave in the summer and then the Lakers would be yeah. screwed. So they gave up so much, not only players, but draft picks. They really don't have anything to trade for the next couple of years. And obviously they'll have maybe some cap space, but I don't know, man. Like that's the only thing that like, I wish he would have signed already, but he said he's not, he said he wants to be a free agent. And like we've seen, you never know. Like Paul George was supposed to come here, didn't come here. Kawhi was all the reports saying he was coming here, didn't come here. So you just never know. That's my only thing. Obviously, I have no regrets about the trade itself right now. Like you said, it's really impossible to complain about anything right now. But yeah, it's that's the only thing that I wish AD would do is just sign so that way we knew and there would be no doubts about his future being a Laker. But that's it. Really nothing else. Um, let me ask you. Obviously, we 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 previewed the game. We talked about the game, but. The result of the game. The Lakers win this? Uh, yeah, I'll say, 
I say they win it, but it's going to be a really tight game. Like, I don't see this as being a blowout. What about you? I'm just going to say I think the Pelicans are going to win. I don't know why I have this feeling that uh, – have you tell that I'm just, like, the craziest pessimistic person? <laughs> but uh, I just have this feeling that the, the, that someone's going to show out that, yeah. that, that they're just going to – I mean, LeBron's going to have an off night, right? Like, AD's going to have an off night eventually. Maybe not t- tonight, but I just think it's going to be a super close game that the Pelicans are going to pull out, but we'll see. And obviously, dude, things, things are going to be so different when they play the Pelicans down the line again, mm-hmm. when Zion comes back and, and they start all getting meshing together because B.I. scoring 26 is nice, but once Zion comes back, I don't expect him to be the top scorer of the team anymore. Yeah, um, that's something that I think a lot of fans aren't taking into account that – when you're on a bad team, like the Lakers kind of have this in the past, those points and that, that usage rate has to go to a player, has to go to someone. And Brandon Ingram's kind of being the beneficiary of that. And to his credit, he's done a lot of things we've always kind of wished he would do. Like he's shooting way more threes than he's kind of ever had in his career. And he's making them. Like those are the things that we've always wished he could do. So obviously that's he's definitely taken a good step in his development. But like you said, when Zion comes back, I'm not sure how much of a role he continues to take on the offensive side of the floor. Like, you know Zion's going to get his touches. He's going to get some of that usage. So I think the team is going to look a lot different when Zion comes back. We um, we talked about this before. It's like it's one thing being a player that scores 27 on a losing team and a whole different player being scoring 27 on a winning team. Mm-hmm. And B.I. has not had the opportunity to be that player on a winning team, and that thing changes everything for you, man. And we saw how well Caruso shot last year when it didn't matter, and now it <laughs> matters, and he's not doing so well, so, shooting-wise at least. So mm-hmm. it's just it's, it'll be interesting to see continue to follow. I think most Laker fans are still following what those guys do. I know I am for the sake of one of my fingers, so... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that would be uh, the worst if it happens tonight, where he goes forty twenty. I was gonna say against the Lakers would be kind of some like a uh, some nice little ironic poetry there for you that you have to cut off your fingers at that point. I know that would be the best live stream I've ever done. All right, they have uh, obviously tonight against the Pelicans. They play the Wizards, the Mavericks at home, and then finish off until we come back at least uh, at Denver next Tuesday. So I already said over for one. You said one and zero. Uh, what about the other three games before we come back on next week? I'll say so. The next three games, I'll say they go two and one, two and one. The next three games, two and one. After that, I'm gonna agree with you, and I don't know which two. That, I mean, the Wizards aren't very good. That's the thing. Like, I, I think they're gonna win the beat the. I think it's gonna be either the Pelicans or that Mavs game. I think I, I might go with you that Pelicans game again. I'm kind of really dicey about. Like, I'm really hesitant about i think the lakers still pull that out but i mean i wouldn't be shocked if they lose against the pelicans and against dallas we already saw how good of a game that was and how and like the denver the denver game is the first of a back-to-back so you know you don't really know who's gonna if someone's gonna rest or not yeah so i don't yeah it's a good point i'm not sure what what do you think they're going i'm gonna agree with you I, two and one so i think uh two and two the next four games before we come back on mm-hmm. Which would still be good. I mean, you're going to be at that point 17 and four, which is still really, really good. Yeah, and they really haven't played against kind of these elite teams yet. Like they played the Clippers and I guess Utah, and that's about it in terms of kind of the best teams in the league. So that Denver game, the game we're going to record after after that game is over with, that's going to be really their first test since opening night in terms of one of the teams they might play in the playoffs. So 
it's gonna be interesting to see how they. I mean, they did end. beat the Mavericks. They did beat the sure. Heat. Sure. Um, but as far as Western, like, yeah, I mean, the Mavericks. In terms of who they would play in a series, maybe the Mavericks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, that was a good win. Turns out the Mavericks were pretty good this year. Luca was incredible that game, and they they took him to overtime, but at least they won. Definitely, and they're. I mean, I'm like definitely not knocking them. Like, you gotta every win you can get against any opponent, you have to do that, and yeah. they've done really well in that regard they've just played with fire a lot of these games yeah. that's, that's why this, true. yeah that's why this pelicans game i'm not sure if that extra motivation for those guys and that crowd kind of puts them over the top or not did the lakers up yeah they've dropped a little bit in the differential of, of winning games but mm-hmm. still the third biggest win differential is so far this season which is pretty good so all right well that is it Enjoy tonight's game against the Pelicans, against the Baby Lakers. AD's return, the villain. Um, we will be back next Tuesday slash Wednesday here on Taco Tuesday. Uh, you can catch, like I said earlier, Alex Regla at Alex M Regla on Twitter. Look out for his uh, upcoming work on SilverScreenRoll.com either tonight or Thanksgiving. Don't do it on Thanksgiving, man. Enjoy your day off. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's what that's one thing the sports never stop it doesn't matter what day it is um i'm alex padilla at alex padilla 86 on twitter if you want to follow us there uh subscribe on all the podcast platforms to listen to this and every other great show that we have on this podcast network alex anything else before we go that's it man that's gonna do it for us man we'll all talk to you guys next week thanks alex thank you